Thank you for joining me and us on this, the Frank Sontag podcast. Uh, we are fresh, brand new. Uh, I've done some podcasts in the past, but this is uh, something very important. I've kind of teased on my social media. Some of you are like, what's the big announcement? This is it because this is really a big announcement. Uh, I'm committing to doing uh, the podcast ongoing. We're going to get into all sorts of issues. Uh, issues of life, issues of, of death, um, the world, spirituality, God, uh, the meaning, truth, all that stuff. We're going to get into it all. I'll have guests on, and we're also going to change it up. We're going to have some fun, have some of my buddies that, that are sports guys on. Daryl Strawberry is one of my best friends. He's going to come on. So we're going to have a whole mixture. So you're welcome to follow us, uh, give us your comments. Let us know what you think, and you can always find me at franksontag.com. We have uh, social media on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on Twitter or X or whatever in the heck it is these days. Um, but I'd be more than blessed to have you follow me. So, life-defining moments. Uh, I am a follower of Christ, and... I think one of the most important things we can share is our testimonies. Uh, I experienced something uh, at a time in my life that was life-changing. I think there are some of us that uh, we say we're Christian. And what does that mean? Uh, so I want to tell you a little bit about what led up to this day that literally I, I believe with every ounce of my being I had the creator of the universe actually speak to me. And I've had people in the churches because I wrote a book years ago called Light the Way Home. It's kind of my biography, spoken in churches, and I'll have some legalistic pastors pull me aside. You couldn't have heard God's voice. That's not, you know, these days. And I'm like, well, look, partner, <laughs> I know what I heard, <laughs> and it wasn't me. So uh, let me kind of lead up a little bit to that day. So in 2006, in the throes of being a new age teacher, my best friend, who we did a lot of stuff together we don't need to get into, but a lot of stuff that we don't talk about anymore. Um, and that's the thing about sin. Sin is pleasurable, but nobody's getting away with anything. There are consequences to sin. 2006, he tells me he's given his life to Christ. And... Sometimes we share um, nice sentiments that aren't true. And I remember telling him, well, that's great. If that's going to make you happy, I support that. When deep inside, I was really upset. I viewed Christianity and Christians at the time as weak people. Um, why would you want to do that? You're no fun anymore. You're boring. All that stuff. 2006, he tells me he's a follower of Christ. And for three years, I watched his life completely change. His older brother was a pastor, a friend of mine as well. And I did my radio program. His brother would call the program and challenge me the differences between relative truth and absolute truth. And is there a God? And is there a hell? And we would go kind of loggerheads on the program. And he had no interest in, in beating me over the head with... Um, with kind of the old fear and damnation. So I knew they both loved me. I knew they were good brothers. And um, 
three years after this moment where my best friend gave his life to the Lord, they invited me to play a round of golf. Uh, at the time I was playing golf six days a week, uh, after the morning show, I played golf regularly. I think since I've been married, I've played golf six days in the last 19 years, but that's another story for another time. She can come in and we can get into that. My wife being, so they invite me to play a round of golf and, uh, I'm like, sure, let's go. So track and fuller than a Muni track. And we're on, I think the third hole and, uh, my best friend's name was Tracy. His older brother's name was Dale, Pastor Dale. In my recollection, I'm about to hit an approach shot. If you've ever played golf, it is an evil game. It, you know, hitting a little white ball around. Um, Pastor Dale blurts out, hey, what's your problem with Jesus? And I had a three iron in my hand, about ready to hit an approach shot. First thought that went through my mind was, oh, I have a three iron in my hand. You better be careful because that was a real sensitive subject for me. But I think I said, we're good. No, I have no problem with Jesus. Now in the new age movement as a new age teacher, Jesus was and is relativized as one of the many prophets. He's called the Lord of love, not the son of God. And in my mind, I thought, yeah, I know who Jesus was, which I did not. And I told him, I said, hey man, we're here to play golf. Don't need to go down that road. Jesus and I were good. And Pastor Dale just looked at me like some pastors can do. And I'm like, okay, he didn't buy that. Played a while longer. We break for lunch after nine holes. And they sit down. And for two and a half hours, they hammer me with the gospel. Now, I sat and took it because for three years, and this is an important maybe lesson for one of you watching this, because I'm asked so many times, hey, my son, my cousin, my nephew, a friend of mine, I want to have them come to Christ. I want to share the gospel, but they don't want to be any part of God. How do I do that? You start by developing a relationship and you love on them. For three years, that's what these guys did. They loved on me. They didn't accept what I did, but they loved on me. So I knew they had my back. So for two and a half hours, they walked me through the gospel. Have you ever sinned? Have you ever lied? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, full conviction. Yes, I've done all that. So at the end of about an hour and a half, they're like, well, and I'm like, well, what? Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I think there was a Jesus. Do you believe he died and rose on the third day? Oh, I'm not so sure. We got no really open and honest conversation. So time transpired a little bit longer and they pressed a little bit more on me. Uh, Pastor Dale says, you're newly married. You have a son at home. If you don't make it home today, like you shouldn't have made it home on that motorcycle 25 years ago, are you right with God? For those of you that may have missed it or don't know, in June of 1984, I was run down on my motorcycle by somebody doing 110 miles an hour on impact. I had no helmet on, saw it happening, not a good time. Hard to even talk about sometimes. So he said, are you right with God if you don't make it home like you shouldn't have? And that question pierced me pretty good. Like, I knew I shouldn't have survived that crash. So then he says, Pastor Dale says, would you meditate in your car before you start the ignition? Are you right with God? 
And I was angry. <laughs> I felt uh, like, of course I'm right with God. I'm a, I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a new age guru and all the identity that I build up in my life. For those of you that don't know, I was a new age teacher for more than two decades, thousands of people, famous, all that stuff. Had a lot of identity built up in what I did. And you may know scripture said, Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So identity is a key issue of being a true follower of Christ. And my identity was in the world and not in him. So Pastor Dale says, would you sit in your car and meditate? I was angry and I reluctantly said yes, because I knew he loved me. And uh, spent a little more time together, hugged it out, left, sat in my car. So I've shared this a number of times. And uh, if you stay with us and watch more of my podcasts, you'll, you'll find a lot of my characteristics um, different. I'm a crier. I'm a, I'm a fairly good-sized dude. Uh, I've done some things in my life uh, that are very challenging. Uh, I, I believe in biblical masculinity. I think we have a real problem with softness when it comes to manhood. Another story, another time. But, but I do cry. Not a weak cry, but sometimes I, I get convicted by what I believe is the power of the Holy Spirit, and I just weep. Jesus wept. Seriously? If you're watching this and you're a Christian and you're like, yeah, tears are weak, well, you need to read your Bibles. The same Jesus that wept over the night before him sacrificing himself for the world is the same Jesus that's going to come back in Revelation and ain't going to be giving out free hugs. This dude's going to be like righting all wrongs. He's a warrior in every sense of the word. So tears are powerful. Tears can be powerful. There are a weak form of tears as well. So sometimes when I share my testimony, I may cry a little bit, but whatever, I'll be okay. Don't worry. So... I sit in my car. This is a December afternoon in 2009 after playing golf in Fullerton. Sitting in my car. I'd been newly married to my wife for a few years. Our baby boy was a year and a half old. I had a house. I had popularity. I had everything by the world standards. I want to be really clear here before I tell you what happened. Uh, I wasn't in recovery. I wasn't struggling. Sometimes when we give testimonies, our lives have to fall apart for us to get right with God. My life was far from in that place. I was like, good. So I sit in my car and I started to go to level. Level is meditation. I was a meditation teacher in the new age. It's where you clear your mind. There's breathing exercises. You just kind of empty yourself out and get to a place of, of centering yourself. So I go to level, I'm in my car, and I started to get really hot. Uh, it was a December day in SoCal, the sun was out, 60s, 70s, nothing extraordinary. But I started thinking, did I get too much sun? As you can see, um, I didn't have a cap on that day, may have gotten too much sun. So I'm checking myself, do I have a fever, am I sick? And everything checked out fine but I did feel like somebody had put a match to my body. And I sat there a little bit longer and uh, 
I heard a voice. I heard a voice say, are you ready to submit to me? I have to tell you, I had no uh, fear, no coercion. It wasn't like, you know, I, I had to say yes. In fact, I felt um, a sense of freedom like I, I never experienced before. And, and a sense of, of love. And one of the things we teach in my ministry now is something called sonship, where God the Father loves us like his sons. I had no biological dad. He left, never really knew what it was to have a father. But in this moment, this voice that spoke to me, it just felt like, and the sense was greater than a feeling. It was like, this is my papa. This is my father speaking to me. And he said, are you ready to submit to me? Now, submit's an interesting word. Submission indicates authority. It's not like, are you ready to hang with me? You're ready to be my best buddy and I'm going to be your old man and everything's going to be good. He said, are you ready to submit to me? I said, yes. No, ifs, ands, or buts. Then he said something that if you do read your Bible, and I had never read a Bible at that point in my life, so I'd never heard this expression. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. So I sat in my car a little while longer. The sensation went away. I called my buddies and said, hey, something crazy just happened. And all I remember is them hooping and hollering and praising God and doing the whole, you know, doing all the gyrations of uh, our brother just got saved. And I had no idea what I was in for, to be truthful. But I did say, and this is when I knew something had transpired, I had not been in a church in 37 years. You couldn't get me into a church. Um, I said, I think I want to go back to church. So I asked Pastor Dale, do you know a good church? He said, I do. So I uh, started my drive home. Um, I took a hit in my motorcycle accident in my back. I have a back issue from time to time. My back kicks up. That morning, my back was really bothering me, trying to play golf. And I remember driving home after this moment I just described to you, where all of a sudden I felt like my back didn't bother me at all. I just felt like, I felt different. I felt excited about life. I, I, it's not even a feeling, it's an experience where everything just made sense. My sense was I finally am home, like I get it now. 54 years of my life, I rebelled against God. And in this moment, I surrendered to him. So on my way home, um, I started thinking, I can't wait to tell my wife of what happened. Now, my wife and I met in the New Age. Uh, I was a guru, like I said, and this idea that uh, I was a teacher, she kind of fell in love with the image of, of who she thought I was. She also uh, had a background in Catholicism, walked away from it like I did. So we both had kind of a bad taste in our mouth about organized religion. So my two buddies posted 
on, I think it was Facebook, hey, our good friend just gave his life to Christ. I didn't know they did that. I got home and uh, my wife, as you'll see, if you don't know, she's, um, she's very beautiful. She's very tall. She's Irish by descent. She's got a little bit of an edge to her at times. And I remember coming home and I said, honey, I'm home. And I was all excited about to share what happened. And I just hear a voice. I'm in the front room. And something we can get back to another time, because I do want to talk about marriage in these podcasts. Anybody that's been married, if you're a dude, God has given women an ability to convey to you, sometimes without even saying anything, where you pick up on, uh-oh, right? Or sometimes it's in the tone of a voice where it just rocks us to our core. Because that's the way God made us, man and woman, equally but different. So she said, I'm in the front room, and I could tell something was up. I walk in, and she says, don't tell me you gave your life to Christ. Yeah, and, and I was confused. She said, uh, said some other things of which we'll get into when we get her in, in the room another time. But she was not happy. And then I figured out, they posted on Facebook. That started a year and a half process of where my life got turned upside down. Uh, let me speak in the few moments I have um, about walking with the Lord and, uh, and what I see as a very soft Christianity in our churches and our culture. I don't mean this as criticism, but I think sometimes we just got to be straight shooters and uh, be honest. Uh, I think we're living in a time where, well, let's just say the gospel, the true gospel is not being preached with uh, full fire like I believe we're supposed to in the, in the times we live. And this is how it applies to where I'm going. Sometimes, even in KMG, we baptize people at KMG events and sometimes guys get convicted and they want to be baptized. And I think sometimes in ministries, uh, we don't disciple, uh, especially in men's ministry. We don't come alongside guys and say, okay, guess what? You have a target on your back now. There is an enemy out there that wants to do everything he can to keep you away from God. And spiritual attack is real. In fact, the church, I don't know about you, but I don't really hear the church talking about spiritual warfare. That's one of our creeds at KMG. We do a lot of uh, teaching and discipling about spiritual worship because men need to, need to know we're in a battle and who the enemy is. So it immediately started for me. Uh, my wife wanted some time away. I lost my job. I lost my house. Uh, there's sometimes in Christianity you hear the soft message that God's a God of love. He wants to bless you. Everything is good. That's all true. But that's only part of the story. Sometime God wants to sanctify you and, and, and hone you more in the image of his son, which means for me, 54 years of my life, new age teacher, living for myself, I, I, I had to go through some pretty rough times by which God was going to really purify and get a lot of the sin out of my life. And I didn't even realize I had so much sin in my life. You know, it's very interesting 
my own experience, when I was not a Christian, I didn't really struggle a whole lot in life. When I became a Christian, it seemed like all of a sudden everything was a battle. Like this Christianity stuff, I didn't bargain for any of this. You know, sometimes I believe people that you may even know, they tap out because we're, we're not taught. We don't have the, the discipline. We don't have the skills to understand. Hey, th this is not for weak folks. This is the real deal. You're following the only God of the universe. But again, I lamented in the first podcast, Isaiah 50, uh, 520 right now. Good is called evil. Evil is called uh, good. The world's turned upside down. If you don't have a foundation, I absolutely can say this in full conviction. In Christ, with a spiritual lens by which you see, um, this, is not, this is not our place. This is a fallen world. You can get pretty confused about your walk. And so one of the last things I want to tell you, and just like the moment I have, God is real, and he has a plan for your life. And sometimes his will is not your will, and sometimes that plan is a tough plan. I played competitive athletics for years. If you want to be good at what you do, you got to go through some suffering and a lot of pain and a lot of work. I think it's true also in faith. But the good news is, we do follow the good news, and the good news has his name. His name is Jesus Christ, and I will share that every podcast we do, and he is good, and he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and our Savior and our King, and we need him. You need him. You may not know it, but keep watching our podcast. We may convince you. You know what I'm saying? Follow us at franksontag.com. We're on all the regular social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And until next time, thank you for watching this and may God bless you deeply. By the way, you can also find us on TikTok, an old dude right here. I'm going to delve into the world of TikTok, but uh, you can find us there as well. And I'm really looking forward to the journey we're going to take together. So thanks for watching.